1: let me pick up the girls inside the party. Let's get down to crazy Jimmy. we up myself and known as be the one and only, the Turkish MC. You always up the clothes
0: of Jimmy. Bitch, I'm you your one and only. Jimmy's stuck to will Take you out.
1: Hey, 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 what's up, everybody? Welcome to the Jimmy Star Show with Ron Russell, bringing you the good times of music, fashion, pop culture, and entertainment. Welcome to our very first show of 2021. We hope everybody had a fabulous Christmas, and uh, hope everybody had a great New Year's, and we're happy to be back. Before we say hi to everybody in the chat, let's say hi to our cool, outrageous man about town co-host, Mr. Ron Russell. I am being...
2: Kissed to death by my sweetie pie, my little astro boy who I love. Look at him, he kisses me all the time. That's what I'm going to talk about today.
1: He is so fabulous, you guys. Like, Ron can't go anywhere. The dog, I took the dog out to go to the bathroom before we came on the show, and he and Ron talked to him outside the window, and he immediately ran in to go be with Ron. He is like, just. Loves Ron to death. He likes me, but he loves Ron to death. Because I'm sweet. <laughs> anyway, can I talk? Yet? No, or let me let me say hi to the chat room. Mm-hmm. What's up? So, Teresa Saban, hello. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Welcome to 2021. We have Don Hinton is in there. You have a different watch today on, right?
2: Yes. Today mm-hmm. I have a watch on. It's a, a Michael the, Kors watch that was a gift to me from, from, I- Eileen. from Eileen Shapiro. I believe for maybe my birthday or Christmas. When she came here to stay with us. When she came to stay, it's a beautiful beige leather. It's a beige (laughs) beige leather strap and it's a lovely uh, mechanism. It's got nice big letters. So I could
1: no more numerals. So I could see it without glasses. No, it's fabulous. It's Michael Kors. And we also want to say hi backpack. John is in the chat room and lady Lake music just joined us in the chat room. And, um, I want to uh, thank everybody for watching our Christmas show. We broke 5 million plays, so thank you so it much. It was, it, it was a lot of fun. Crazy. Even though we had technical difficulties, we did have a very good time. And we want to make sure we're also wishing uh, Rebel, who's who's running our show, and everybody at W4CY a happy new year, and we're happy to be here for 2021. Now you can tell your story about the dog.
2: Okay. I'm really upset about what's starting to happen here in Palm Springs or California in general. Dog napping. More dogs are being stolen every day. We don't understand why. Um, I have seen some homeless people with poodles and chihuahuas. These dogs, the rescue center will not give homeless people. Obviously, these homeless people got these dogs someplace. I hesitate, and I hate to think that they stole these dogs for themselves.
1: That's one. That one um, on your Facebook page. So that was in. Uh, that was in like Maryland.
2: No, I know that, but it's happening all over all the country over the place, now. so also, watch your dog. But in California, it's really happening a lot, especially Palm Springs, because there are so many expensive dogs here belonging to owners. Uh, we have also thieves that come and they steal the dog. And, and then it. wait no jimmy shut them out i'm gonna punch you with this mic already it's starting in we're not even two minutes into the show and i'm gonna beat you to death thanks for three <laughs> three minutes into the show and already he's aggravating and annoying me please out there help me out send money i need a divorce yeah. anyway not really just kidding um This is a very serious issue because there are people that steal your dog. They wait for you to post a reward and then they send some phony baloney person with the dog and they say, oh, we found it on the highway. And then you give them the money. So it's a good way to make money if you don't have a job or if you are not um, here uh, able to get a job because of your uh, background. Um, Beware. Do not leave your car door. I mean, do not leave your dog in the car. Even if the windows are halfway down, that's worse. They can really steal your dog. Take your dog with you. On your garden gate, put a lock that no one can get into your garden to steal your dog if your dog is out getting some sun. When you walk your dog, walk your dog in the, in the light, if you can, under lamps, because they will come with a gun and they will hold you up and take your dog.
1: It's really terrible.
2: We are facing a terrible epidemic here of crime. I don't know where it's coming from or how it came into this country or who is doing it in this country. If it's Native Americans from years ago or the new immigrant, I don't know who to blame it on. I'm not blaming it on any specific group. But what I'm saying is that we have had a uh, an insertion of horrible uh, muggings, uh, house the thefts. It, it's just terrible, the criminal element that is in this country now and that is really uh, – Hurting us because, you know, years in my day, nobody stole a dog. My dog used to walk in front of my house and sit on the steps and it was fine. And I had a good dog. I mean, I had St. Bernard's and I had all kinds of wonderful dogs in my life. No one ever stole my dog. And if they didn't, I caught them, I'd kill them because I think I have the right to kill a dog, napper because they don't know how they break our hearts. If anybody ever stole my little baby here, I would find them and I would.
1: No, no, no. You- you can't say. that. Oh, I can't say that. But well, You would go after you wouldn't let them get away with it.
2: I wouldn't let them get away with it. And and you know, the thing we shave with, I'd use it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so anyway, we got a bunch of people. Everybody, it's, he, what he's saying is true. Like we're seeing it on Facebook. There's stories every day of people that uh, dogs get. I mean, stolen. the
2: crime is just incredible. I mean, I remember news in Palm Springs 20 years ago. We used to laugh at it. It was a joke. You know, man trip over sewer grating, broke his leg, and that was the big, big scoop of the day. Now the Palm Springs news is police cars breaking in, dope rings uh, of trafficking of young girls and boys. I mean, it's disgusting what's going on in this in this little town that used to be a peaceful, little, quiet, layback town that nobody but just the movie stars came to to get away from their fans and the public. Now it's become another big city and it's got all the problems of a city. I don't know what to do. You know, living in California, I'm a little afraid of what's going to be because people are getting crazy. Like in New York, they beat up that guy in his car, the kids on the bike, they jumped off and smashed the windows. I mean, it's horrible how people are just doing terrible things and the police are not doing anything about it. So we really, I mean, I would think I'm thinking of moving back to long Island, and where the grapes are where they grow the vineyards where there's nobody and just live a nice quiet life without worrying about my dogs being stolen my daughters being raped or or Jimmy being mugged or our BMW or my Audi being smashed by vicious people who are envious and crazy or just plain destructive crazy people Anyway, enough of my rant for the day. Yes, so we have a, a, My dog is agreeing. He's growling.
1: A bunch of SECs people walking by outside. We have a bunch of people joining us. So I, and we said, hi, Teresa Saban is in Florida. Angela Joseph is in Colorado. She Angie, just joined us. baby,
2: k- take care of those kids on you. Don't let them out of your sight. They're stealing kids too. Uh, young people trafficking is very big in the United States. In fact, Jimmy has a script of a movie that may be Two. made to dealing with this problem. Uh, I know that what's his name? What's his name? Who I like? The one from Chicago, the, the, the director, producer. Oh, my God, why did I lose his name? He did the one about traffic. Remember, they put the girl in the cage, put his wife in the cage. Oh, Harley.
1: Harley. He's not from Chicago. He's from Detroit.
2: (laughs) Well, it's the same thing. Uh, Harley did a wonderful film about it, and and his wife starred it, and it was about trafficking. And it brought to light what is going on, because not too many people know about trafficking. It seems a little... outrageous and impossible to think that they steal a 12 year old girl and force her with drugs to have sex with people all over the world. I mean, this is barbaric and insane and has to be stopped. Uh, also dog th- stevery has to be stopped. All kinds of thievery. Angela.
1: Joseph says she has her kids on lockdown, which ha- I mean, a happy new year, Angela. And yeah. Dave Hughes from the UK has just joined us. And, um, Somebody, else, LB Claudia was there, but she says she's coming back. She's at a seminar, and she's coming back in a little bit. Um, And
2: and Angie, baby, if you have a part for me somewhere. Oh, and Goddess. I'm going to be ready to go to work soon because I'm getting my shot as soon as possible, and then I'll be able to work again and film.
1: Just me, Goddess, is there. Happy New Year, Goddess. I'm mad at Goddess.
2: Oh, okay. I'm mad at her because she, she doesn't tell me what's going on. I don't know. I worry about her. She's not on. She disappears for months at a time. She's
1: been back though lately. A yeah,
2: lot. Not really. She really hasn't told me that she's okay. Got
1: Hit him up on Facebook no, and let I him just, know you're okay. No, I
2: just hope you're healthy and you're okay that you're not suffering from some terrible disease. She I said mean, love you. I love you back. But, you know. I mean, Goddess was with us from my day one on this show nine years ago, and I, and, and she's really special. And I worry about her and when she's not around and doesn't answer my uh, uh, Facebook things or whatever the hell I contact her on. I get nervous. Anyway.
1: Angela says she has a project for you. Wait till you see. Uh, Don says Ron, Ron, Ron kisses. Good. Teresa Saban says she's busy with kids. Oh, I don't know if she's talking about Don or who she's talking about. <laughs>
2: Yeah. Rape is up. I mean, what's done? Oh, wait, Don. Did you know that we had three rapes in this last month in Palm Springs? Three women were raped in Palm Springs. That's unheard of.
1: You guys Palm Springs is really little.
2: I mean, this <laughs> is this is a little teeny weeny community where everybody like knows every eight everybody.
1: blocks of downtown. and That's yeah. it.
2: <laughs> I mean, how do you rape somebody in Palm Springs? That's that's that's
1: especially since it's almost all gay men
2: (laughs) exactly so i don't know what the hell is going on all i know is we better fund the police we better not not fund the police because if we don't have police we're really up shits creek without a
1: paddle goddess says she thanks for worrying about it i adore you paul from zest radio has just joined us what's up paul how are you um actually the chat room is is filling up quickly. It's good for our first show back. So we're going to well, have a lot of we fun. Ha-
2: we have this gal on. You know, I interviewed the other girl from the Brady Bunch. I forgot her name. She's
1: from the Brady Bunch Variety yeah, Hour, she, Jerry she, she, Reichel.
2: I love Jerry. I tried to get her to come on today. Oh, you know what, Jerry? Why? I love you, Jerry. We had a, such a ball after the interview at the convention. We hung out. We had the best time. She is one of the most up, lovely, funny, talkative, chatty, silly, wonderful people. Why was she would have made our show so bright. Call her up. Tell her to come on now.
1: Um, no, I, I couldn't get her. But our guest is here. So we're going to let her. Why, in. I don't wait, know. why couldn't you reach Jerry? Huh? Because she didn't respond. What do you want me to do? I can't. Maybe she's... I don't have her phone. I had to get her on Facebook. Oh, forget it. Um, she no, has. Nobody watches. Looks goes every
2: day on Facebook. But stupid me.
1: Um, so anyway, we have to. Uh, we're going to bring on our first guest because she's coming on and she's she's got a, on for a half an hour. So we're going to like have okay. some fun and, right now. And
2: the writer who wrote the movie she was in is my dearest friend in the world, Stan Zimmerman. So I'm so happy to, to be with Sam. Go
1: ahead, Rebel. Let's let her in. Let's go in. Let me
2: in. We oo we whoop wee-oo. Hi. Hello. hello. How are you? Another beautiful. I'm good. How are you? Another beautiful. Another, be- <laughs> another-,
1: another beautiful blonde. I love it. So hello. Say something. Let's make sure we can hear you.
3: Hello, testing. Test, test, testees.
1: Testies. There we go. Hello. Testies, testes works. Yes, testing <laughs> works. <laughs> All right, everybody. Now we want to welcome to the Jimmy Star show with Ron Russell, the incredibly fabulous, talented, and gorgeous Jennifer Elise Cox. Hello, and welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. How are you guys? We're great. Let me introduce, this is my cool, outrageous man about town co-host, who's also my husband, Ron Sareg. Ron Russell. Oh, Oh, shit. Now (laughs) they're all going to find out who I am. Oh, my God. (laughs) Hi. Hi, my veil has been removed. And we have a chat room filled with people, so say hi to everybody in the chat room.
3: Hi, everybody in the chat room. What's going on? We have like
1: Canada, Georgia, uh, Canada, the United States, Germany. Australia, I don't know, all kinds of places like represented in there. So You're very
3: really international like George Glass, my imaginary Yes. <laughs> you,
2: you, you, have nev- you have not changed hardly any. I would have recognized you. you immediately. You still have that young girl look, that, that little teenager girl, even less than teen. How God old were you when you did the Brady's?
3: Thank you. How how old good lighting? you. Good lighting here.
2: No, but how old were you when you did the Brady's? I,
3: when I did the, the first movies. movie I was um 23 but I was playing oh, 15. Old. I was playing 15
2: yeah. I know you look 15 now you look about 18
1: Well it was great because Oh my god I, and that, that was like 25 that was I mean, <laughs> can you She's an old bitch <laughs> That was like 25 years ago and you yes. still look like you're 15 <laughs> Your you're, you're you. I
3: love you guys No 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 you're an
1: old. <laughs>
2: You're an old bag. You look great (laughs) for an old bag. Look at you. I'm amazed. I'm 80. I'm I'm 80 years old, and they tell me I look good. I look nothing like you.
3: You look really good. I don't know. No, but you very oily skin. I think that's that's the key to not having wrinkles. Oily skin.
1: You don't go out in the sun, right?
3: No, no. I can't look at me. I'm an albino. I would, I would, just, <laughs> I would just whisk her up and pass out.
2: <laughs> I think that
0: is, no, but doesn't seriously, work for no me. we're
3: sorry. not making comp,
2: we're not, we're not doing fake compliments. I'm. I'm sure that our viewers, 404.5 million viewers may agree with me or not, but you look very, very young. You could still I do really the Brady appreciate Bunch. I
3: that. This is like a big ego boost. Thank you. Are they,
2: are they ever going to do the Brady Bunch again? Another movie?
3: Well, you know, I I don't know if they'll do another movie again, but people want it. People have said to me they would love it. And I know that Stan Zimmerman has, like, floated around a script at Netflix, maybe when the Brady girls get older and they, like, have a terrible apartment and, like, things haven't really worked Uh, out for them. That's that's not... That's
2: not gonna work. I, I Stan is a dear friend. Stan's a dear friend of mine. So I'm gonna tell Stan, make it the Brady Bunch sells drugs and they're hookers. Yeah. Then you'll get I, a movie.
3: I like I it. Mean, that one
2: floated around. I'm that serious. Around. Then then Absolutely. then people people will definitely see your movies because today the Brady right. Bunch is just too too sweet for the audience. They need heads rolling yeah, off, rape, and shooting and murder. So make it where you're a dope addict and a hooker, and and Stan. till Stan O'Law comes on, I love I love Stan Zimmerman. Do you?
3: Yeah, Do you he's know him? wonderful. I love he's a sweet him. Guy. He's I so sweet and too. talented.
1: He G- actually sent genius, me a message. I genius. asked him to come on after you were on because I knew he wrote the sequel, and he he sent me this tr- piece of trivia saying that. I like back in the day, you worked at his like uncle's, like Baskin Robbins or something like that. I don't know what yeah, I forgot so what
3: it His uncle and my dad, may he rest in peace, they were really good friends at the gym, and I needed a summer job. So, Dad went to Stan's uncle, and I managed a and Jerry's, even though I didn't know how to manage a store. I didn't, but I had fun. <laughs> you're an actress. I tried so my you best. <laughs> well, you're,
2: you're, you're a good actress, so you could make believe. You know think but character.
3: Stan's uncle, so it's funny. We have we have a lot in common. It's funny.
1: Absolutely, I think that's hilarious. So you guys, listen. You can find you can follow Jennifer on Twitter. She's at Jen J E N E L I S E Cox. What are you on Instagram? Uh, I think it's the same. And I wanted to tell you guys, I'm in an
3: upcoming episode of Mr. Mayor on NBC. Please watch. Uh, oh, uh, oh that,
1: That's gonna comes out on that. that when when come, is it airing?
3: I'm not sure when it's airing. Cause we had a thing where my episode didn't get finished because it was shut down because people had COVID. It's just, you know, it's been crazy, but I think they're going to come back. It'll probably be on in like February, March.
1: That's the new show that Ted Danson, it comes out on Thursday, right? It looks hilarious. The commercial looks hilarious.
3: He's so So nice. I mean, you want to talk about a mensch. Ted Danson (laughs) is a mensch. He's so sweet. He was just, he was wonderful. And Holly Hunter is in it. And I've always admired her work. And it's very funny. It's from Tina Fey was the producer. I have
2: have, have friends that are really good friends with uh, him. And they all said he's a regular Joe. He is. he is. He's a regular guy.
1: Yeah. Actually, and, and
2: his and his wife is very sweet also.
1: Oh, so hang beautiful. on to So So you guys, Jennifer. First of all, she's in both Brady Bunch movies. She's in the Brady Bunch movie and a very Brady sequel. She plays Jan. Yes. Obviously, like you still look like her, and and so can you tell us your famous line?
3: Motion, motion,
1: motion. You just like my <laughs> <laughs> How they got away with that back then, I'll never know. Cause you know, I was reading this thing because we're also friends with Jerry Reichel, and Jerry Reichel was Jam Brady. I love Jerry Reichel. I did a great autograph show with Jerry Reichel, and she was
3: so much fun. She was the life of the party. I tried to shit. get her to come yeah. on right uh, after you, I but her. I couldn't
1: get her. I interviewed so next her. Time,
3: next time. Yeah, we'll do it
1: next time. But yeah. but
3: I Wait, hang
2: on. I, I interviewed her, and after the interview, we had the most fun. She is so up uh, fun laughing. I love her. I'm so sorry she's not coming on today. It would have been wonderful.
1: But so hold her, on. So she let's doesn't go take yourself seriously. She's really nice. Right. So it's I right. saw though that like on her Facebook page, uh, That, like, the other day was, like, Jan Brady Day or something. For all the, like, because there's been some three Jan Brady's.
3: Because January 1st, you know why? Because Jan's number one, January 1st. (laughs) (laughs) Not Marcia.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Not Marcia.
3: (laughs) It's Jan one.
2: (laughs) Didn't one of them pass away? One of the people in the Brady Bunch passed away?
3: I'm not Barry Williams. Oh, my God. Um, The father did. The father did.
1: Oh, yes. So in the Brady Bunch movies, though, you guys, the father is played by Gary Cole and the mother is played by Shelley Long. And then you have Christine Taylor is Marcia and that's Ben Affleck. I mean, Ben uh, Stiller's wife. Right. You guys. Oh, okay. She's not the wife anymore, but she used they to be. <laughs> That's Hollywood. Hello.
3: Now Hello. it's Hollywood. Um,
1: so it was very fun and very cool. And so then, uh, so then I started researching you because I knew you were coming on the show. And so, so now I want to do like a little kudos to you because, like, like you're going to be on Mister Mayor. You've been on a ton of huge shows, um, and I had like no idea. And so I always like to do bragging for you, so that way, like, if you do it, it sounds arrogant. It's but if I do it, like it's an cool. A-hole. So, so here's some of the, some of the, the awesome shows that, that Jennifer has been on, you guys. And they're all, like, huge. Um, besides Mr. Mayor that's coming up, uh, she was on the George Went Show, Murphy Brown, Clueless, Moesha – I love Clueless – Sex in the City, Wheeling Grace, The Wiggles. The Wiggles, I mean, that is, like, such a phenomenon. I can't even, like, believe it. Reno 911, Six Feet Under, The Comeback, The New Adventures of Old Christine, Mind of Mencia, Nip Tuck. CSI New York, Pushing Daisies, Numbers, Eastwick, In Plain Sight, Two Broke Girls, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. There's a bunch of other ones, but like these are the ones I like.
2: <laughs> You're a working actor. What was it like working with Sarah Jessica Parker? I've heard tales uh, about her.
3: Amazing. What I have to tell you is like I was actually kind of a New York kid growing up kind of child actress, so I had known her from a previous life. So, when I went to do sex in the city, you know, I said, I, I don't expect you to remember me, but we were at this Annie party and you were so nice to me. And she's just the nicest person in the world. And she was like, Yeah, I remember. Even if she didn't remember, she's such a good actress. <laughs> I she, she did, did remember. She's so you know, nice. I do, she's very nice. I do
2: that a lot. If people recognize me from 100 years ago, yeah. they say, Do you rem- remember me? I say yeah. vaguely. Give me a little That's information. I, I, it's coming in, but I have no idea who they are.
3: I just always <laughs> say I drink a lot, so no, I don't remember you. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, That makes them feel bad, and I don't want to do that because nobody no, no, wants to no, be no.
3: no, you always want you to know. remember people, and and you do. It's just sometimes like
2: okay, it's impossible.
3: I don't- yeah, oh, I on. remember too much information.
2: <laughs> the amounts of the amounts of. People that we meet in our businesses in the millions—it's impossible to remember people. I
1: always remember faces. I can't remember names to you save know. my life, but I always remember faces. Um, me, so it's know. kind of like funny. So then, so me. then you yeah. have a couple—you have a couple movies, and I have, so I'm a horror movie fan. How do you say horror?
3: Oh, I love horror.
1: Horror. 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 Okay, I'm just seeing how she says it. So no, Jimmy sometimes says horror. No, she's in the Stephen King movie. Sometimes they come back again, Her which intro. is actually a really good. It's a really good movie, though. Like, I love horror movies, and, and Ron's in a bunch of horror movies. Um, and so I actually love him, but she was in Bewitched, Storytelling, which Storytelling is, I think, one of the most underrated, like, movies ever. Like, Storytelling was such a great freaking like, movie, even though it was kind yeah, of controversial. Like,
3: kind of w- disappeared. I don't know why. But,
1: yeah, I know. It, uh, okay. Yeah. EdTV, Can't Hardly Wait, Pledge This, which I was, a, I was an extra in Pledge This. Did you meet Paris? <laughs> Did you meet? Paris? Um, no, I, I I've met her a bunch of times yeah. because um, I, I used to live in South Florida, so like any movie that was there, I was always like an extra in them. I and I uh I was a clothing Hi. designer. And I had a I had a cool clothing line, and so I was Elton John's guest, and she was there at the VIP thing with. Uh, so I got to meet oh. her in the VIP with Tara Reid. So it was kind of fun. And then you have, uh, and then you're also a writer for a bunch of things, and you have a cool thing called Space Station Seventy Six, which I don't know if it came out yet, but you got an A list cast. Of people so oh, yeah. congratulations on that yeah I that was play my
3: first kind of film that I participated writing in it was it was a bunch of us writers it was based on a stage play we had done so you know I'm but a I people. will go
1: wherever they will hire
3: me you know
1: but look at look at the, the cast in this Patrick Wilson Jerry O'Connell lived Tyler, Matt Bomer, Matthew Morrison, there's a whole bunch more, but like those are all, like, everybody knows Liv, who they Liv are.
2: Tyler used to, Liv Tyler used to be my daughter. Deirdre's a good friend. They went to school together as kids when That's we lived sure. in Manhattan. And she's as beautiful now as she was as a child. You had to see her when she was, like, like about maybe 14, 15. Beautiful, beautiful girl. And she, she yeah. looks the same. Listen, I'm a dying actress. to play.
3: I like her acting, too. Yes, and
2: she I is. I want to. Yeah. I, I want to play. An, I want to play an alien so bad, and nobody ever casts me in it as an alien. They always cast me as a mafia. I don't know why. But- <laughs>
3: yeah, <I laughs> mafia, but I would also cast you as maybe like a mafiosa alien.
2: That's good. Yeah. <laughs> so wait, write something. Stan <laughs> Zimmerman, write it. I wanted to be in Stan's Golden Girl. Uh, not Golden Girl. Oh, Silver Fox. Oh yeah. I thought I'd be wonderful in Silver Fox.
3: that. Yeah, well, I would
2: be because I'm a I'm a
3: comedian. Very prolific. He has many ideas. So we'll we'll get him going. We'll get something going.
1: Right. Actually though, you should write something about a mafioso alien or whatever, because I'm a producer and like I'll like go out and try and find funding for
3: it. Uh, <laughs> so, who wouldn't fund that right now? Who yeah, that's that?
1: right. There's a new TV show coming on called like uh, it's on sci-fi I what's it called? Something alien. I want to see resident it. alien resident or something alien. about the guy who's like a doctor. He moves oh, into the town. a little town and he's, it looks good though. Yes. Yeah, that I love it. We should, really
2: con- we should contact their casting person and see if they could put me in. I would <laughs> love to play in a space movie. I've never, and that's my really, my whole, my whole Hollywood dream is to play in a in a movie about outer space.
3: You I know get what? So you think you want to do it, but then when they've got you like in stirrups, like, kind of like hanging from your feet you're like oh why did I sign on for this
2: <laughs> so, I don't I, I don't think at age 80 they would do that to me
3: <laughs> they might but never know I,
2: I was in a movie where i was in a movie where a monster is supposed to attack me i'm supposed to hit the wall fall down and the monster takes my leg off and then cgi would have me with just one leg hobbling and then falling down well when they found out my age they said can't do it because they were afraid I'd break a hip, so they they made me get killed in the basement. So I never saw myself <laughs> getting killed. But that's what they do, you know. When you're a certain age, you're just if they don't have a, if they don't have a stunt man, they're not using you.
1: No. So no. I have a question. Yes. I have a question for you because yeah. you it seems like you're heavily ensconced in comedy. Is that like always been your favorite thing to do, or is that just what has come around, or you're just good at it and it's easy for you to get booked that way, or? you know how comedy- a
3: great question because i think so often for actors it just depends on the first role that you get where you kind of pop and if it's comedy you're in comedy it's very hard okay. to but i think i like okay. comedy i like to laugh so i would prefer to do that i've done some dramas and um you know i'm always on the set like like six feet under was really a drama and i was literally like it's so slow and so quiet. <laughs> like I didn't like it. <laughs> well,
2: that was a very, very uh, you know, dealt with coffins and undertakers. It was a a very, very bizarre show for the day. Now yeah. it would be commonplace. Now it would be nothing. Yeah. But now back it, then it,
3: it was kind of ahead of its time, but now it's. It was weird. It was
2: spooky and weird. Mm-hmm. It was a very a, a black kind of a sort of a black
1: comedy. I thought.
2: Yeah. Maybe. Definitely.
1: Little, Dark, dark comedy, yeah. Dark comedy. Oh, you can't say black anymore. Oh, no, you can say black, oh, comedy, black comedy, but they also call them dark comedies. Yeah,
2: my day, <laughs> they called them black. Today, you can't watch your ass. You got to. But everything you say, they jump down your throat. <laughs> <laughs> <So> you <gotta laughs> re- restructure, restructure, restructure the English language. So, so sure.
1: when you walk down the street, do you get noted? Like, do people just come up to you and say, "Are you Jam Brady?" Like a lot? Do you get that a lot? Sure, sure. I
3: actually. Do still, I I kind of can't believe it. People yell "Marsha, Marsha, Marsha" to me, like if I'm just walking down the street in a car, like all of a sudden, <laughs> it, you know. And I forget because I'm spacey, and like it was a long time ago, so I forgot that I even played that part sometimes. And I'm like, oh yeah, that's right, I was in that. And people will talk to me about the Bradys, and it's just, it's interesting. It's something that people love, so I feel. I feel blessed in that I got to do something that like it gives people
1: joy. Absolutely, Absolutely. I mean it's it's so iconic. I've been recognized a
2: few times. Aren't you the guy on that show? I said, "What show?" (laughs) Before you go anywhere,
3: they say you have a very distinct, recognizable look. I would just know that you were an actor. Yeah, but they
2: no, but they say on that talk show, I said, "Can you give me the name of the talk show?" I tested, and they say, (laughs) "Oh, but I don't know." But like you know, Jane Russell. And I say, oh, yes, that's who I am. I'm Ron Russell. Jane Russell was my friend. And the show is called The Jimmy Star Show with Ron Russell. That's who I am. Oh, my and God.
3: So- I love Jane Russell. That's so
2: cool. That's- yeah, she was, she was my best friend. That's so for cool. Years, for that's years. That's awesome. But that, that, that's how they know me. They know me as Jane Russell's best friend. I mean, what a, what a tag, huh? Not me. Is it myself? They say, aren't you Jane Russell's best friend? <laughs> so I say, yeah. well, yeah, I
3: was. Well, at least I'm also you're known. better to be known than not known. That's right. Yeah. It's
2: uh, okay. It's okay. You know, Jane Russell and I have the same last name, Russell, because I took her name when I was a teenager. She was way older than I. And I would escort her to premieres and openings and places. And they would say to me, Oh, Mr. Russell, your wife, is she ready? <laughs> I'd say, She's not my wife. Oh, I'm sorry. Is that your mother? I said, Don't let her hear that. Don't let her hear you. Oh, say no, that.
3: no, 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 no. <laughs>
2: But they always thought that Jane and I were related because we look alike. Uh, oh, you yeah. know, in, in person, we had okay. similarities.
1: Ron impersonated yeah. Jane Russell. We don't do that anymore. We oh, we're not telling that. people that. yeah we don't.
2: That's that's my
1: history. I don't go there. Anymore. Oh, well, she doesn't know. Now I already started no, it anyway. I, I worked, Back in the day, I worked
2: in nightclubs, straight nightclubs, impersonating Jane Russell, and that's really? how I got to know. Yeah, that's how I got to know Jane. He's
1: Russell. a beautiful woman.
2: And I look just like her. But no, no. We looked a lot. We looked a lot in drag. We looked really alike. But in really? person, we looked alike. And we're both Gemini's with the same personality. Oh, Gemini. My we,
3: husband's a Gemini. I love so you guys. You de- but there's you know two you're of dealing you. With. Oh
1: yeah, <laughs> definitely.
3: Oh definitely.
1: definitely. Hang on. Look. Can you see that?
3: Wow. Hang on. Oh, gorgeous. That's Ron. That's
1: Ron. Beautiful. as Jane Russell. Beautiful.
2: Jane Russell had two. She had two personalities. One was engaging, and the other one was sarcastic. She was the most sarcastic person you'll ever meet, but sarcastic, not in a mean way, yeah. in a way where okay. she she taught you something. Her sarcasm taught you that you were stupid.
1: <laughs> she I let love you it.
2: know. Oh, yeah, she was, she was <laughs> an incred-
1: You would, you would she, love it. she yes. was an love incredible
2: it. lady. You you would have enjoyed her company.
1: Okay, oh, so definitely. let's go. Definitely. Let's go movies a little bit. Okay. So you've already done all these like great things. If you could have been in any movie it's ever been made, like what movie would you have liked to been in? And then you've already worked with a ton of huge people, but who's a bucket list male and female actor that you would like to work with?
3: These are fun questions. I would say if there was a movie that I could get to do and they had a script flying around for a while, I did a read through of it. Um, Valley of the Dolls. I just I want to play Nailio. Oh, no,
2: that, that that was <laughs> such a, a that oh I hated that movie. It was, I loved you know, it. Two, no, they, two of my friends were they were talking about two of my very good friends yes. at the time, at the time. I won't mention who they were but famous actresses and it was a lie about them. I mean they really whoever I'm wrote sure. that
3: I'm sure. That, that, I loved it that, too. That, that brought it can't Suzanne be wrote though. it. That, Yes, uh, it was no funny, oh But it was God. very, I mean, d- it was very- What Patty Duke did, I don't know that I would really want to try and do that. I don't know, it's just a fantasy.
2: I don't know. <laughs> Yes, but it was damaging a lot of the people that, that we knew who those actresses were. They pretended had fake names. I knew who Susan Hayworth was and I knew who Judy Garland was and I know, you know, it was terrible. I, how would you like it if we did a movie about you not saying your name and we made you out to be a alcoholic who's, who can't keep a husband? You know I would, would love say, it. Hey, I
3: would love it. No, really you cool. <laughs> wouldn't.
2: No, you would you wouldn't want your fans to, to think that of you. Get out of here. You're too sweet and
1: cute you'd never want your fans we to actually went
3: there
1: we, we live in Palm Springs we live in Palm Springs California and, and at the theater here when we first moved here three years ago they did a screening of valley of the dolls and when you went in they gave you like little packages with pills and every time they did something you had to throw the pills up in the air and I mean it was That's a fun it was a real camp interactive yeah, it was a fun camp campy like thing so it was a lot of fun so wait so who's a male and female actor that you would think would be fun to work with
3: Oh, okay. So my latest obsession, you guys. I am near to the party on this. Just with the pandemic, I have I have binged the show Breaking Bad.
1: Love Great that. show.
3: Oh my God, it's such Breaking, a good Breaking show. Bad. Breaking Bad. Yes. Oh my God. And I just I just want to do something with Aaron Paul. I just think he's like he's like maybe one of the best actors I've ever seen, and he's so he cute.
1: Is he is a very, very good actor. Okay, he's a good one. Okay, and give us a female. What female actor who, who would you like? So now you would have to probably do something dramatic she with say, Aaron Paul. Did she say
2: Aaron Paul? Not that Aaron
1: Paul, a different one. Oh, not <laughs>
2: the Aaron Paul I know. I mean, he was a disaster. He
1: couldn't even say. <laughs> Him, no. <laughs>
3: um, I would say uh, for female, uh, this is a weird one, too, but um, – I just watched The Flight Attendant with Kaylee Cuoco, and I didn't oh. realize she was such a great actress. I always thought she was beautiful, but she's amazing. I would like to be in something where I played her older sister.
1: I oh my god, that. that would be great! You would be would good at that. So now, now did you like that? Because I see that's on HBO Max, but I haven't watched, I watched it. it. You guys.
3: You guys, it's great because it's total fantasy. It's uh, Rosie Perez is in it, who I love. It's I love, love her. Love her. Uh, love her. She's amazing in this. She gets to really shine. She's such a great actress. And you guys Rosie
2: is, Rosie is fabulous. I, I would like that. You know, we all have a little bit of who we'd like to meet in the business. Yes. I would yes. love to meet Rosie. Sit down Me and have too. a drink or lunch with her. Me too. She is absolutely absolutely captivating when she, she works I, I don't agree. see anything but her
1: i, I don't see that
2: anything but her, her she's wonderful i love her mm-hmm. brilliant brilliant a little puerto rican from new york she
1: did well
3: and she's done well so does
1: your very well love her love does, Rosie does your um does your husband is he in entertainment also
3: uh, no, not so much. He's more into like statistics and that type of thing,
1: numbers. And
3: so it's good. Like we oh don't God. really have a, you know, we don't have that. Is he, next,
1: is, he, is he sitting next to you? Yeah. I saw his arm in the screen before he he's
2: reached right. in for tell him. To come, tell him to come he's sit right. there for two he seconds. Everybody right. wants-
3: he's, he's the one who doesn't want screen time, but he's a Gemini. Oh, <laughs> okay. But
2: everybody wants to see what he looks like. They want to see what he looks like now. The public no, has to know. So see, not. I was—he's
3: embarrassed. He doesn't. So, he doesn't want. So yeah. a funny what, thing is, about is, that is, wait a
2: minute—is he ugly that he doesn't want people to see? Now he's got it.
3: Very handsome. Well, now he's, he's got it. Well, well, now, now he's, he's got, got, got a, competition it. Competition with the ladies. So I don't want them to see yeah. how. <laughs> now, now, he, now. He, now, he, now <laughs> I keep now him locked in the bedroom. He did
2: it. <laughs> now he's got to show his face to prove that what you're saying is
1: true.
3: He's not going That's to be okay. very, very stubborn.
1: So, here's a funny thing about that, yeah. though, was when I went to school, I, 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 I almost got a degree in statistics. I was going to be a statistician because I'm really good with numbers. And so, the fact that he's like, you know, yeah. does all that, it's, it's like our six I mean, degrees of separation.
3: Yeah, thank God.
1: Someone's got to be here, right? <laughs> <laughs> where do you guys live? Are you in California because I don't even know where you live
3: uh Santa Monica. Oh, okay good for you oh California. good which used to be very nice, but it's not that nice right
1: now <laughs> no it's not <laughs> that's okay. <More> <laughs> <laughs> when when the, when the when the world opens up again and we get to go to red carpet and stuff cuz I'm ai I actually support myself as a publicist and I work with a lot of celebrities and so when we have some cool red carpets to go to we'll invite you guys and that way we can yes. meet you Of course the after parties
3: Thank you guys so much you're so adorable it was so nice to meet you
1: it is really fun. No, but the
2: after parties are fun. You'll love it. And you meet everybody in the biz that's working. Thank God we're all, we're all working people.
1: Oh, I so think you that make it, okay. You
2: can network. You can network well.
1: So you guys follow Jennifer and her social media. She's at Jen Elise Cox. Watch all her movies. Go on IMDb. Click her page. Her number's pretty good, but you can keep it going up there. Watch a very Brady Bunch, the Brady Bunch movie and a very Brady sequel. She's got another um, – uh, she's got another like appointment in like three minutes, so she's leaving us. Well, you us. go
2: and do the appointment. Thank
3: anyway, you guys so much. You for and people you... hit me up on Cameo if you want cameos from me. I'm there.
1: There you go. Awesome. Perfect. And I love thank it. Thank
2: you for giving us your time. We appreciate thank it. You. Love you. So we'll, love you... you
1: we'll see you Take again.
2: Care. Bye. Girl. Bye. Happy,
1: Happy, Happy New, New Year, New Year to you too, honey. She's oh my so God, sweet. I love it when she did Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. I know she's so sweet. She's going to like she's really going to like that, that that new show the mayor I think it looks like a really funny show. Did
2: Masha really say that? Masha, Masha, Masha.
1: No, Jim Brady said I it. I mean
2: did, yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah.
1: Oh yeah, that's the famous line from the Brady Bunch. That's did the only really one everybody knows. Did you say it or is it just that
2: like Cary Grant was supposed to have said um No, Betty Davis was supposed to have said pizza, 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 and Cary Grant was supposed to have said something else, which they never did. I know. No, this is really done. I knew Betty Davis, and I asked, that was one of my questions I asked her at lunch. I said, "Um, Did you really say pizza, pizza, pizza? She said, No. She said, I said pizza once, but I never did it that way.
1: So, um, no, that's really, oh, excuse me. It really is said, Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. Right. I like, love it. So, also, B Claudia just joined us. Hey, B, happy new year. Happy new year, B. Dave Hughes joined us. I don't know if I said Dave Hughes earlier. Got us. Somebody else did, joined us too, but I forgot who it was in there. But it's all good. Everybody watched the Brady Bunch movies. I, I love the Brady Bunch. The, the TV show was like an iconic thing for me growing up. I
2: was too old for the Brady Bunch, but my kids loved it. <clears throat> I was already a, an old man.
1: It was fun. When that
2: show came out. But my daughters loved it.
1: So which which who did you like the best on The Brady Bunch?
2: None of them. None of them? No, it wasn't my kind of show. It was too cutesy, too sweetsy. Oh, no, I like and, that. And you know, it was so unrealistic because my kids were jumping all over, throwing peanut butter on the walls, and The Brady Bunches, they were all walking around perfect. Deirdre used to change 50 times a day. She was like three or four years old. Her dresser drawers were open. My daughter was a crazy kid. She would change one outfit, go downstairs, leave, the, leave it naked, go up, get another outfit, and come down. You know what? She's old now. She still does the same thing. <clears throat> so I know, loved
1: it, though. I had such a crush on Marsha. Brady. And the father had
2: such patience. He never cursed or yelled or threw things at his kids. So it really wasn't <laughs> <clears throat> it really wasn't realistic. And the mother, she had patience, the patience of Job. I mean, she would say, Now girls, that's not real. Most mothers scream,
1: you friggin kids. If you don't clean up this room, your father, when he gets home. Actually, though, we both knew Florence Henderson separately. Yes,
2: Florence. I met Florence Henderson at the uh, opening night in L.A. of Evita. She was sitting behind me in my seat, and she tapped me on the shoulder, and she commented about my hair. And uh, my hair was black then. She said, my God, she said, from the back, you've got such a wonderful head of hair. And I just turned around, and I said, oh, look at who you are. <laughs> and then we started laughing, and we chatted for quite a while until, of course, curtain. And then on the intermission, I was with Charo and Florence, and that was some combination, you know, Charo, coochie coochie coochie, the other one. So it was it was an experience. And then everybody was celebrities sitting around me. Uh, Jerry Orbach was sitting next to me.
1: I loved Jerry Orbach. Yeah, he
2: was very nice. He was sweet. I forgot who was in front of me, but there was Charo, Florence, Jerry. And somebody else, oh, to the left of me, I think was, I think it was Lauren Bacall, because I remember s- screaming out to her, Lauren, hey, how are you? And she said to me, oh, I see you finally got a seat. That's an old joke we had between us. So it was an exciting night full of celebrity, and I love celebrities because they work so hard to be who they are. And I'm so happy when the audiences appreciate them.
1: When I lived in Fort Lauderdale, I had a clothing store in the Gateway Shopping Center and next to me was a chiropractor and Florence Henderson dated the chiropractor for many months and so when she wasn't shooting her tv show, her talk show and stuff she would always be there so she would just be there like every day walking you know walking around the plaza we would see her every day she was very very nice very sweet very she a, nice she had a white mercedes
2: very tiny you know some of these people on screen look normal and in person and there's tiny little people. Florence Henderson was short and, and little hands and little feet, a little tiny little woman. I don't think she was more than five foot two. I bet you she wasn't. But very pretty in person and just that old, elegant charm of the women of the day. She wasn't coarse or crass or or crude or butch or man. They're from
1: a different, though, generation. It's not like A generation, this generation
2: where women loved being feminine. Women loved being... Uh, the weaker sex women love being uh, pampered Uh, they had this way of flirting with men women would would look at you and say something kind to make a man feel like a man now today women look at their husbands and they say gee I wish you had three inches more you know which is horrible because it's so hurtful to a man to be uh, thought of as short armed but women think nothing. Short of, armed. <laughs> women women think nothing of making fun of men today. It's sad how some women, not all women, put men down. Uh, sad how men put women down. It's just sad how people put people down. Period. Uh, I love my generation of people because we were raised and taught to be charming, always polite, always complimentary, and always reciprocating in every way we could. Uh, Somehow it changed, and today uh, people are none of those things, and it's sad. Not all people, some, you know, majority. The young people today are spoiled rotten, and they expect everything for free. They don't want to go out and break their hump for it like we did. They expect to be movie stars. You know, I know so many young, handsome people, like handsome men, women, they come up to me and they say, Do you think I'll ever be famous? And I I said, Well, you're depending on your face. Your face is good 10 years sister and then you're finished so you better have some talent um they just expect to be stars just like everybody now that's got a talk show every every computer crazy jerk is on there interviewing people and they're terrible you know you just don't go and become an interviewer i'm doing this for 20 something years and i've learned how to do it so i don't know what the fuck i'm talking about that's okay I just, I just go on. My computer
1: on. started an automatic clean thing, so I was trying to abort it. So I got rid of no, it. No, but so that like was you good. know, when
2: you get old, you get demented, and you just reach, just keep rapping at them out and never shut up. That's okay. I guess because we figure we're going to be dead soon, so we better get as many words
1: out as we can <laughs> while we still can. God says there's no respect anymore.
2: No, respect is gone because you see what has been done to the president of the United States. I'm not in favor of him by no means. I thought it was disrespectful. I only hope these maniacs don't start to disrespect the new president and start to say dreadful things about him. I've heard already that he's had brain surgery because he had a stroke. I've heard all these horrible things they're saying about him. Uh, Biden's not even in office yet, and they're saying dreadful things about him. And the other lady, the vice president, they're calling her all kinds of hideous names. So stop this, people. If you don't like who's in office, express that. But don't be crude and say dreadful things about them and make up stories that aren't true.
1: Don says she educated a young man named Christian in the customer service department today on how to be respectful and kind. Well, he didn't know the schmuck. Where do he come from? I think nobody knows. Think about it. Everywhere you go, it used to be the customer's always right. Now the customer's, like, never right. The customer's just a piece of shit nowadays. This thing needs to go away. I don't know why this thing keeps showing Well, you know, I, up.
2: I shop. I avoid stores where I'm not able to get proper service because I don't remember things on, you know, I, I I know I'm difficult because I'll go up to a salesperson and I'll say, you know that thing that has three wheels and it hangs on the wall and it and they look at me like, you're nuts. And then, that, of course, it's bicycle the word will come to my mind the same thing happened at christmas time i was looking for stuffed shells in gelson's and i said to the girl do you have stuffed shells and she looked at me she said what are those i said it's called pasta it's italian she said well i only know mexican food i said to her well could you learn could you learn italian food you know there are italians here too and i just walked away she was very very not nice
1: that's unfortunate, though. That's that's the way the younger generation. Well, obviously is.
2: she was Mexican and saying to to me that Mexican food is the only food to know. I guess Italian food is not to be known. I don't know what the fuck they're.
1: You talking guys, about. you know one thing. We live in Palm Springs. We don't have a good Italian restaurant. We don't have a good Chinese restaurant. There's there's no like. No, good- we
2: have a good. We have two good Italian restaurants here.
1: Uh, we don't have a moderately priced Italian restaurant. No, no, they're <laughs> all
2: high-end. They're very high-end, and the portions are small, but the food is decent, and I like small portions of food. I'm not a big eater, but the prices are really – I mean, who pays $28 for a pasta? Give me a break. Pasta costs $0.02. Cents. The tomatoes, $0.03, cents. and you're charging $28, 29 $30 dollars for a pasta? Ugh. Why, because you gave me a tablecloth and a napkin?
1: You like tablecloths,
2: though. I do. But years ago, (laughs) they gave them to you. Uh, You know, I was talking to a very dear friend of mine in New York, and she and I were reminiscing all the restaurants of New York City of years ago. And I said to her, my favorite restaurant was the Four Seasons and also the Forum of the Twelve Caesars. And we used to go to dinner there, and dinner for two would be about $30, $35 with a tip. And we had a a three-course meal. How come they can't do that today when they charge you a hundred bucks a person, you don't get a three course meal and you don't get a, and you don't get a, you don't, you get, don't a table get a tablecloth, don't get a tablecloth or cloth napkin. I'm surprised they don't give you a plastic cup to drink your wine out of. But anyway, um,
1: we were watching a movie the other night and it was, um, the sequel to Terms of Endearment—I forgot the name of it—something about the star with my buddy Shirley MacLaine. Some, the something, the something star, the uh, I forgot what it was called. And so in it, she's like going to see her therapist, and he brings her a glass and a cup in a paper cup, plastic cup or something, and she's like, "You don't have a real glass." <laughs> and Ron's cracking up, and I'm cracking up because that's what Ron would say—that exact same thing. <laughs> well, because
2: that's what we read. I met Shirley MacLaine at her Malibu house in the Colony, Malibu Colony. Let me tell you, that woman is just – when she smiles, you smile. She is just one of the most intelligent, interesting, lovely actresses. Shirley MacLaine is certainly somebody I, I will remember forever. She's lovely.
1: We got a TV for Christmas, you guys, and in it, it comes with this all this free stuff. And so it ha- comes with this thing called – I think it's called Samsung Plus. And in it, there's like hundreds of free movies that you can watch. So we've been watching old movies – old movies like that one. I think it was called the something star, the Northern star or something. I forgot. But then we watched, what did we watch last night? Oh, last night we watched the original Jumanji, which I had never seen it. I've only seen the remakes. I saw it in the theaters. It was really cute. Um, And you know, too, we live in California and if you don't live in California, like when you go to a fast food restaurant, they don't even give you plastic straws anymore. They're paper. We don't have plastic straws here anymore. They're paper straws, which I think is ridiculous because I can't stand drinking out of a paper straw.
2: New York, the 21 has is cl- probably closed by now. I know a lot of multimillionaires were going to fund them because they wanted to keep 21 open. Uh, 21 was probably the last of the very chic, important places to be seen if you're in our business. Um, the bar was wonderful. You never know who you would meet. You could be sitting at the bar, and next to you could be uh, a Broadway producer or a very big movies producer. It's gone or it's going. The food was excellent. The prices were, you know, pricey. But the service, the room, and where you were was worth it because you were, you know, lunching or dining at 21. I only I dined there a few times, but I lunched there quite a lot. And I met so many celebrities, so many important people, directors, set designers, musicians. It was a wonderful uh, place to network. That's gone. Restaurants in New York that used to be fabulous were um, the Golden Door, which was the best Chinese restaurant on Third Avenue. Excellent, beautiful. When you walked in, you thought you were in China. The the sets, the way they decorated the room, the service, the lighting, it was enchanting. Four Seasons was a beautiful restaurant with very nice food, excellent service. Form of the Twelve Caesars was Italian uh, food, very good food. the one that I used to eat at a lot was for Italian food, and I forgot it. Oh, my God, the name. How could I forget the name? Anyway, if it comes to me, I'll tell you. But they're gone also.
1: You guys, before I met Ron, because he and his two daughters, they don't eat junky food. No. So, like, Ron had eaten at Taco Bell, and he had eaten at, in California, what's the place we like, in and out Um and other than that, like he hadn't been to McDonald's or, or Wendy's or any of the fast food restaurants. White Castle he had been to too as a kid, um, but he hadn't been to any fast food restaurants except for Taco Bell was the only one he ate at. So, uh, so I introduced- no,
2: it wasn't even Taco Bell.
1: It was Taco Viva.
2: No, it was Jack in the Box.
1: Oh, Jack in the Box. I
2: had I my daughters love Jack in the Box's tacos. So as children, after we'd swim in the pool and stuff, I take her out for a treat. This is when we lived on Long Island in the summer. And we go to Jack in the Box and they'd get tacos.
1: I like. I don't really like Jack in the Box. That's probably one of my least favorite places. But like, I'm a fast food person. Like Ron eats good food and eats fast food and he has an upset stomach. I eat fast food and I'm fine and I eat good food and I have an upset stomach.
2: <laughs> you know, people say to me, you got such good skin. How come you're not wrinkled? You're old. How come you don't look like shit? And I say, well, because you are what you eat. And I firmly believe that if you eat properly and know how to balance what your stomach needs, like if we, say, I say, I go to a, I'm forced into it to go to a Chipotle or one of those. That's my
1: favorite of everything. Is Chipotle restaurant. is my absolute favorite. Or the other favorite.
2: one, the one with the burning meat. What is that one called?
1: Dickies. Dickies. Dickies and Dickies. Chipotle are my two favorite places to eat. I can eat there every night. <laughs> if, if by some chance I'm
2: forced into eating that, the next day I make pesto, a pasta with pesto, basil, because basil is the best thing to clean out the rectum, the stomach, the whole digestive system. And I do that always. Uh, in the morning, it's good to have hot, either water or coffee, but you must have hot to wash out the system. Um, There's so many tricks to keeping your body tuned. It's amazing how you know when your car needs an oil change and when your car's not running properly, you pay attention. But most people, when their bodies are sending them signals, they don't pay attention, they get sick, they get old, and they die.
1: When I was in school, before they had Taco Bell, they had Taco Viva. That was my favorite. And my sister worked at Arby's, so I used to eat Arby's a lot for free. And I like like Arby's still. We go to Arby's once in a while. I I go to Arby's once in a while. He doesn't. The meat
2: is processed. The meat is full of preservatives. The meat is not. I mean, come on. Anyway, I remember way back in the dark ages when I was 15 and 16, they opened a thing called um, Carvel, Carvel ice cream. And we all went to this little cute building and it was Carvel ice cream. And I fell in love with it. And then somebody said to me, There's a new place that we have to go to out in Merrick, Long Island. And it's got hamburgers and stuff. And I said, you mean better than White Castle? Let's
1: face it. I love White Castle. Anything's
2: better than White Castle. And we went and it was called McDonald's. And I said, oh, gee, isn't that interesting? Look how nice. They put it in a bun. They put lettuce. What a nice place. But it's never going to make it. (laughs) I
1: should have bought stock who was it again me mcdonald's Oh, mcdonald's yes i said
2: it's never gonna make it because people were afraid of it
1: dave, you know? dave Hughes says he's lazy and that he goes out to eat all the time and then he said he eats a lot of fast food and he always has an upset stomach
2: <laughs> well then when your stomach is hurting you get pesto p-e-s-t-o which is ground basil and put it over any kind of pasta and eat it that basil does something the the mint the, the menthol or the mint in the Mint in the pesto soothes the stomach. Or drink chamomile tea. Chamomile tea is also very good for your stomach.
1: Actually, uh, uh goddess says she loves basil and Carvel. I love Carvel. Well, I would became
2: an addict. I mean, I remember getting the 15-cent cone. It was huge. 15-cent cone. Could you believe it? 50, that's how it started off, 15 cents. And I would always get chocolate. I love the chocolate Carvel. 15 cents a cone. Now it's what about four bucks, five bucks, six, seven bucks or whatever. Some insane price.
1: Anyway, they say I seem pale today and you seem tan. Well, I've been driving baby,
2: you know, for the last two days, I've been out scouting, um, <clears throat> all sorts of things that we didn't, you know, I picked out all the tile for our kitchen cause we ripped up the wood. Now we're putting down gigantic, big, pure white porcelain tiles. And I've been, uh, Running all over town, and I had the top down, and it's been beautiful here. It's been seventy-five and bright sunshine, so I got a little bit of a a sun color.
1: Backpack John says he loves White Castle. That it's that's great, sort of, as long as you're close to home when you eat it.
2: (laughs) Well, I must say something about White Castle. (gasps) That's hilarious. Jimmy Mm. took me to White Castle a couple of years ago, and when I—that's the first time I'd ever been there. Well, when I bit into it, I thought I was biting cardboard. The meat. Years and years ago, back in 1958, 1957, 1958, next to the, the club I hung out, it was a dance club called Gilday's. Days. It was on Queens Boulevard in Forest, in Rigo Park, no, in, in Rigo Park, I think, Queens, New York. Next door was a Carvel. So at 3 o'clock in the morning, we'd leave the club, and we'd go next door, and I would order an orange drink, and 10 little tiny uh, white vessels, 50 cents, by the way, for all of it. The meat was real meat. The quality was better, and it had a pickle in it with ketchup. Today, I don't know what the hell they're putting in there. They call it meat. I call it cardboard, processed cardboard. So it was better back then. Or maybe I was just stupid. I didn't know any better. I don't know.
1: I don't know. I love White Castle, though. Like I think it's awesome. I don't like the ones that you buy in the grocery store that are frozen. They're not good, but if you actually get to go to a White Castle, which I've only been to I think twice we've been to White Castle.
2: Well, you know what they used to call White Castle in New York? All the kids. Gorilla farts. Oh, because it makes you go to... Gorilla farts, because I don't know why, but that was what it was. Gorilla farts. Imagine how crazy we were. But I used to enjoy those days. You know, it would be summertime. We'd all have convertibles, and we'd go to White Castle. Then we'd go with our girlfriends down to Astoria Park, and we'd make out along the river. And it was just fun times. And then, you know, we we weren't – well, a couple of the girls put out, but most of the girls didn't. And it was nice just kissing girls and wanting but not getting. It was fun. Then I woke up one day, and I said, you know what? You're gay. Knock it off. you're never going to be like the other boys. So stop fooling yourself. God says on.
1: white castle brings back memories. Backpack Johnson. And she said, it's got to be real meat. And then backpack. John says, yeah, rat meat.
2: God forbid. <laughs> no. no, I mean, it, it, it's so easy to eat nicely and correctly. It's so much better. The food feels good in you. You eat, you taste it better. Fast food. Mm, you know, my very good friend when I was growing up was my friend Arlene and she started to say, do not eat sugar. Uh, Sugar is so bad for you. And when she had two children, her son, who's a doctor, by the way, here in California, he has never tasted sugar in his life, nor has his sister. And my friend Arlene is like a hundred and she's happy and healthy. So sugar does damage, causes diabetes and a lot of different things. But, I never gave sugar up because I can't. I love chocolate and I love cake and I love candy. I love soda. (laughs) I don't like soda. It makes your belly big. The intestines swell up from the gas. No, it bloats you. Oh, very bloating.
1: Also, we didn't forgot to mention artist Miss Kim in the chat room. Hey ho, what's up? Happy New Year. Our chat room is going by really fast. Everybody's commenting on all the food stuff.
2: <laughs> well, you know, everybody has their own opinion. And the younger people today, they, they were raised on fast food. We were not. <clears throat> you know, back in my day when I was a kid, it was just after the Second World War. there was lucky there was food, period. The United States had sent all of their food to the soldiers, the sailors, the Marines, everybody. So we didn't have food. We had victory gardens in the summer where we planted cucumbers, squash, tomatoes, figs, all that, to be able to eat more. Uh, It was a terrible time in the United States during the Second World War and five years after. The 1950s, it started to get good because everybody had jobs, money was plentiful, there were two cars to a home. People were buying homes. You know, you could buy a beautiful Tudor house in a lovely section of Bayside for about $6,000. Now it's about 600000 or more.
1: $6 million. If you're Whatever. in the chat room, you guys, what's your favorite fast food restaurant? Let's see what everybody likes. And uh, we'll do a little ad to, for all the stations we're on. Our next guest will be calling in about eight minutes, I think, eight or nine minutes. Um, so it should be good but if you're in the chat room tell us what do you guys like what are your favorite fast food restaurants mine is Chipotle and Dickies I could eat them like every day I could eat one for lunch and one for dinner and I'd be happy for the rest of my mine life mine is Carvel his is Carvel which is dessert yeah, but what about for a meal so you don't like not, any he doesn't like at, any fast food none restaurants they
2: they're disgusting the potatoes oh, disgusting food
1: if i had to pick the next one i would probably go McDonald's I used to the love worst, Kenny Rogers the worst one. I used to like Kenny Rogers mm. Roasters, but, like, they went out of in and out In-N-Out's in 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 good, yeah.
2: That would probably, if I, if I was starving to death and somebody said, you must eat fast food or die, I would eat In-N-Out.
1: Yeah, I like In-N-Out. Don likes Taco Bell. Teresa Saban says White Castle. <laughs> I love White Castle. I wish we had that here. My favorite one that we don't have here anywhere near us is Long John Silver's. When I lived in Florida, I used to eat at Long John Silver's all the time. Um, and that was probably my favorite because Chipotle wasn't even around yet. Um. If you know all the
2: poisons that are in your body right now, the toxins from eating all that, it's not the food that's bad. It's what they put into the food. Don't forget, they manufacture it in the factory. Then they ship it to all these various places to be sold. So they have to have tons of preservative in it. They freeze it. And when they freeze it, they fast freeze it. In the fast freezing, the meat, turns. It changes. The quality of the meat is not what it was when the animal was killed. So it becomes some kind of frozen crap. Now they defrost it in a microwave which is putting more junk into it from the microwave. By the time you get it, you're eating processed nothing with no values. So
1: Backpack John says White Castle. Goddess says Wendy's, but she hasn't been in one in over 20 years, but she still loves it. And and, then Teresa Saban says Wendy's also, but she doesn't really go to them either. And... B. Claudia says we don't have these stores besides the Bygones. Lucky. And Don had a fabulous salad from Wendy's last night. And Angela Joseph says she sticks to Red Lobster, and the boys love Wendy's.
2: Well, I know a lot of people like Burger Queen.
1: I like Burger King's chicken sandwich. You didn't get it right. Burger Queen. <laughs> That's what the gay people. Call I like the chicken Burger sandwich. King. They
2: call it Burger Queen.
1: B. Claudia likes the Big Mac. <laughs> That's McDonald's. Mm. Dave Hughes says Dixie's in the UK. I don't. We don't know what that one is because we don't have when that my, when,
2: when my daughter Leslie was 16, I took her to Europe. We went to Italy. We ate beautifully in Italy, okay? Now we go to France, and my daughter is not eating anymore. The food is delicious in France. But she spotted on the Champs-Elysees a McDonald's. Well, she drove me crazy to go there for McDonald's. She was dying for McDonald's. And it was so clever to see it in French. And I was just enjoyed all of the, uh, the whole idea of McDonald's in Paris.
1: Oh, they also like Kentucky Fried Chicken Subway, Dances Subway. That's, that's super poisonous. And uh, because that
2: oil that they fry everything in could be 100 years old, oil changes. It becomes toxic after it's boiled to a certain point for a certain length of time, it becomes black.
1: Goddess says, I love bonefish. I think that's bonefish grill she's talking about, but that's not really fast food. I think that's an actual restaurant. That's, that's got expensive restaurant. I don't know anything about bonefish. I used to eat there when I was in Florida. That's in, They have that in Florida. And then B um, says, uh, now they have Five Guys in Germany. That's Five Guys is great. It's really good. They also like Kentucky Fried Chicken. So Ron always gets sick if he eats a Kentucky Fried Chicken. So Ugh. we don't go there.
2: <laughs> no, it, my stomach just doesn't like it. It just is so weird. Mm mm.
1: Ron can't really eat any of those things, but.
2: Well, you know why? I came from a house where my grandmother cooked. My mother worked. My father worked. My grandmother was 100,000. forget. My grandmother was four years old when Lincoln was shot. Okay. She had my mother at 40 years old. My mother was born in 1910. So when I was a little boy, I was raised in a house where my father would throw a can right through the window. If you ever found a a can of anything in the cupboard, no way. My grandmother would go to the chicken market, pick out the chicken. They'd kill it. She'd come home, clean it. We'd eat it. She went to the vegetable man. She went to everybody. It was all fresh food. Italians only ate fresh food. And they ate seasonal, which is very good. I was at microbiotic. You eat seasonal. Whatever was blooming, you ate because that's what nature made. So I was raised eating very healthy food, and my grandmother was an excellent cook. I mean, she made her pastas by hand. She never bought Ranzoni in a box. Are you kidding? My father would throw it at her. So that's how I ate. Like, no, my Jew- family
1: was exactly the opposite. My mom bought canned everything.
2: No, most of the time. Listen, I came from an Italian-Jewish neighborhood, and the Jews even, they made, you know, all their stuff by hand. I mean, I'm this there's schmaltz, you know, that's chicken fat, they used to make that themselves. They they ate very well. Back in those days, Jewish people cooked.
1: Goddess says she loves pasta. Cool. Ron, Ron could eat pasta like three times a day if I he love, was allowed. I love pasta.
2: I mean, I'm not a meat eater because meat's not very good for you, especially red meat. Pork I don't eat because I like pigs, but occasionally it falls into my cooking. Um
1: I remember when we went to our, one of our first red carpets when we moved here, and we were after we parked, we were walking to the theater, and this guy had this like baby pig that so was his cute. pet, and Ron was playing with the pet, and he was like, "That's it, I'm not ever eating yeah. pork again." <laughs> no, the, pig, the
2: pig was such an adorable little. Cute it was just thing. like Astro, it like was a like little it like Astro. Like, it looked like Porky Pig. Oh, I thought, and I said to the guy, "Isn't it sad that people eat this animal?" And he said, "Absolutely." Yeah, so we don't eat a lot of pork. <laughs> no, it's, it's not good for you anyway. You're better off with vegetables, beans, and and um, things like that. Uh, the body likes it better.
1: Chicken parmesan is my favorite. I could eat chicken parmesan like every day too. Like uh, I love chicken parmesan. Yeah, I do.
2: I do also, but you have to be ca- you know be careful. Eat, eat about. I hate to preach to anybody. Eat what the fuck you want. I don't Do you know
1: what Tramazini is? Tramazini? T R A M E Z Z I N I? Never heard of it. Tramazini? She said it's super Italian. T R A M E Z Z I N O. No, T R A M E Z Z I N O. Tramazino. Tedemazini? Tramazino. No,
2: Tramazini? Never is. heard of it.
1: That must be some novelty. Tramazini I- Pomodoro Con Rucola. Well, my daughter is tomato. And what's the rest? Conrucola. Con the hell ever they're trying to say conicola is. I don't know. That's what B likes <laughs> That's her, in her Italian foods. Uh, I, I think it's all wrong. <clears throat> so hold on. We got to do a quick commercial because we're going to have a guest coming on. So, you guys, we want to thank everybody for tuning in every week. You can listen to the Jimmy Star Show with Ron Russell live. From twelve to two p.m. Pacific time, three to five p.m. Eastern time, on W4CY Radio, our home station. We're also on KFU4HD Radio in LA, Jackalope Radio in St. Louis. We're on iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Audio Boom, Podomatic, SoundCloud, iTunes, Speaker, Apple TV, Podbean, Spotify, and Pandora. There's a bunch more, but those are the ones everybody knows. And on TV, you can see us on Comcast, Roku, Vimeo, and Jimmy Stars World Television, and um, that's JimmyStarsWorld.com. Also, in
2: the new year, we're looking for sponsors. So if anybody out there has a product that they want 4.5 million people to know about, contact Jimmy Starr, talk to him about what you want us to promote for you. If I agree and Jimmy agree that your product is worth selling to our viewers, we will do your a commercial. But if in any way you suggest something that we do not like or feel is harmful to our public, we will never, ever, push your your product
1: but most products fit
2: right just don't you know but zen-
1: not action, not not energy drinks that are bad for the system <laughs>
2: well jimmy you know jimmy almost went nuts with me because he had a sponsor years ago it was a pill you took not a pill what was it some kind of shit you took, and you got energy. Dynapep. Dynapep, and you got energy in a second. Well, I said to him, you know, Jimmy, do you ever take it? He said, no, I don't take drugs or pills. I said, well, I'm going to take one and see what it's like. I I was out of my mind. My heart was beating a 1,000 miles an hour. I was shaking. I said, this is poison. You can't sell this to your public. So I went on the show, and Jimmy never knew it, and I said, Dynapep stinks. Don't take it. It's poisonous. It'll kill you. And They went out of business. They thought I was joking when I said that. I said, I'm not kidding. It went out of business. Yeah. I said, I took one and it should be outlawed. Well, they went out of business. That's the power of the media. You can make them or break them. So if you have a product that you think you could sell through us, we'd be more than happy to promote it for you.
1: It's some kind of sandwich, Tramazzini. (laughs) <laughs> that must be something in German because I've never heard this is this is because no, Dave knew what it was. He wrote it's a sandwich. <laughs> well, it, it's, it's not an Italian
2: thing. Trust me. This is a panetta. A panetta inside of it could have spinach. Oh, here.
1: I- uh, Angela Joseph wrote it's an Italian sandwich. Summer is synonymous with fresh and quick recipes to be prepared on the fly and taken to the beach. The sea tramezzani with tuna, tomatoes and rocket. Well,
2: it's something I've never eaten. It must be something new because it certainly is not in my grandmother's cooking <laughs> and, it, and it's a panetta.
1: That's funny. All right, you guys. So we're going to bring, I see Stan Zimmerman has joined us in our chat room. So we're going to bring Stan Zimmerman on rebel. Whenever you're like ready to rock and roll, let's roll him in here. Hey, roll them in. <laughs> yeah. How you doing? Hey.
0: People, people are going to get the wrong idea. Roll them in. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> or, or the right idea. Ron, you be quiet. I know what you're thinking.
1: <laughs> yeah, listen to him. All right, we can hear him, so let's do an introduction. Uh, an Introduction. introduction. <laughs> oh, my God. You're really I'm doing well. I'm having a hard time. Roll, roll him in an introduction. It's, it's, okay. a, it's our first show back. I'm having a hard time. All right, everybody. Now we want to welcome to the Jimmy Star Show with Ron Russell, the incredibly talented superstar Stan Zimmerman. Hello, and welcome to the show. Hello. And I have my... Oh, <laughs> I can't make it. What is that? It's, just, it's, it's, it's,
0: what is it's Marcia it? Brady. It's Sure Jan. It's Marcia Brady from the Marcia movie.
1: Brand right. Sure Brand. I love it.
0: Before uh, yeah. we go
2: there, right, before we go there okay. I, want our, I want our viewers to know that you are one of my special people. You know that. And I'm not blowing smoke up your ass or being a phony for any reason. But I you wish are, you would, it, yes. Now, you are a very talented man and a very sweet man and a very gentle, kind man. What the fuck are you doing in our business?
0: I, I'm <laughs> in the wrong town.
2: <laughs> You're in the wrong business, baby. But anyway, Stan Zimmerman is a sweetie. So I I'm miss, happy you I, miss here, you, I,
0: I miss you both. And um I, you know, I follow you obviously so i feel a little bit like it. but every meal i see well i could be sitting at that table i sat at the table
1: yes and you have sat at the table so it works
0: (laughs) in your backyard i haven't seen since you've done that beautiful remodel so i'm desperate for one day to leave this house and actually go somewhere like palm springs and and visit you all and, Well, yes.
2: you know, you're always welcome. There's no question about that. Um, as soon as we're out of the, the woods, if ever, we're going to have a big uh, cocktail party and you're invited. We're inviting all of our uh, friends in the business. So we'll have a good time. I would you know, like
1: so, that. And I need, we're bullshitting each other. How great we are! I needed you to do us a favor too, and say hi to B, B Claudia in Germany because she's like, oh my gosh, it's Stan Zimmerman because she's uh, seen B you.
0: Claudia, on hi! I've I've met some great people through you. You introduced me to the wonderful Judith Chapman, who oh, uh, yes was gracious enough to be in one of the first online readings I did of my play. Meet and greet that we did for Coachella Valley Rep back. I don't know when it was. At, at the, the beginning,
1: beginning of this pandemic. Yeah. Yeah, Jude, 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 when I Jude thought, Jude, Jude thought Jude, Jude. at the
0: time, I said, I'm just going to get Zoom for two months. And then, no, you need to, like, just, you know. Have it forever. Just, and well, you know I, what?
1: Yes. It's not going away. Even when the things go back to normal, I think that this is still going to be a part of our lives. What's go amazing ahead. about it is that Zoom. I've been able to. Yes. Zoom. What, so what- Zoom, Zoom is what he uses to talk to people all around. Them. He like he did a oh, reading, you know, where it's always oh, with Judith and everybody. They do it on Zoom.
0: I so also, they- I also, te- I teach on Zoom, and then I got talked into uh, starting a sitcom write- pilot writing class, and I started with one. I'm up to six now, and I keep Good for the size like like eight people, so they get to feel what it's like to have like a writers room. So everyone reads everyone's material. We start with pitching, then we do outlining, and then we do uh, act one of a a pilot script. And now I have students from all over the United States and Australia. So it has been really cool is that we've still been able to find ways to be creative during COVID. And some people have had these sitcom ideas for over 15 years, and they've been able to work on it over the past year. And seven of them finished an entire script just last week. So... I feel very oh I feel very proud and excited about that 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 we've been able to.
2: My you mother know. used to say, "My mother would say, where there's a will, there's a way.'" And you guys certainly did it. You know, I want you to be in the movie we're going to shoot when we get funded called "The Gift." I wrote it. What's my part? The part? Your part is, uh, I believe your name is Jerry, and you're the salesman. You're a Jewish guy who's a salesman that goes into the houses of everybody. Remember, we would call him Jerry the Jew. He used to come, <laughs> he used to come, no, he used to come around and sell you rugs. He'd sell you curtains, and you paid him off a dollar a week. Well, that's who you play in the, in the movie. Lainey Kazan got me. I love her so much, but I mean, the grief I'm going to have, I should only know from, but I love Lainey, and I'm willing to take, whatever insanities we get together, because Lainey is playing the lead. She's a, a Jewish woman who's a bookie.
0: I did a talk I did a talk. Wait,
2: wait, wait, hang on, hang on. I'm an Italian mafia who's married to her, and the story unfolds. You will love it.
0: Is Go. it contemporary, or is it uh, period? 19,
1: 1945.
0: Love it. Great. So i got to cut my hair a little bit, yeah. Yeah.
1: So wait, what what were you about to say? You did a and he uh, cut you off.
0: I was a co-host with uh, Alexander Rodriguez, uh, who has a podcast called On the Rocks, and she was the guest. And um, it was right when the um, the uh, another sequel came out for um, my Big Fat Greek Wedding, the latest one. And she was so wonderful, and you know, I really wanted to ask her questions that most people don't ask. You know, like, because when you think of, like, someone that's done, had that much success, like, was there ever a time when you questioned yourself, when you almost gave up? And she was like, no one ever asked me things like that. You know, you always think of people's successes, but all of us have had in any, if you've had a career in show business, you know, it's up and down. Yes, we
2: know. You know Lainey, Laney yes. would never give up. Lainey, I know her 30, 40 years already. Lainey would never give up. When Lainey was young, she was magnificently gorgeous. A Playboy bunny with big bazooms, real ones. I mean, she was a sexy lady. And when she sang, the audience shut up. Nobody spoke. She was one, still has a wonderful voice. Lainey is one of my most favorite people in the world, but she's a little difficult at times, I must say. <laughs> You know, she forgets that she has to be on your show or she, or she doesn't return your phone call if you've called her 30, 30 times. But that's Lainey. Lainey's always been that way. And, and, I, and I love and adore her. What?
1: We don't have a director yet.
2: I do have a director. I was asking Marcel to do it, Marcel Waltz. I am so in favor of Marcel's style of, decora- of decorating, of directing. Uh, Marcel makes the character become the character. name is
1: Marcel Waltz. Marcel
2: Waltz makes the character become the character. Most directors make the character become the director's thought. But Marcel doesn't do that. Marcel's from Germany, obviously has an accent, so he's not going to make Lainey Kazan play a German. I mean, because she's Jewish, that <laughs> wouldn't work so good. <laughs> and it's, it's and the Nazis are involved in this plot. So, it, it, we, you know, but anyway. It's Ma- a comedy. It's a, it's a black comedy. Uh, Marcel will direct... Everyone, to be the character, not his view of the character. He and did that we- with. Bl- he did that with blind. Bl- I don't like horror movies. I'm in them all the time, and they stink. But I mean, they're fun for kids. They love it. But for me, it's not quality stuff. What I do, I mean, I do stupid shit. But um, blind, Marcel directed Sarah French. She did a brilliant performance in it because I know Sarah well, and Marcel's directing for stuff I've seen is really. Excellent. He's an excellent director. He's even one his, of your best
1: indie directors. He, even his German
2: right films that he did in Germany. See, that's what it is. He's European. He's German. And the, the Europeans have a different idea of what film should be. And he's now, where, that where, wonder- are we, where are we filming this? When we get the mulah.
0: Oh, he said no, where.
2: Well, where are we filming it? We're filming it here. We we have to get a uh, we're gonna build a set because most of it takes place in the kitchen. In uh, East Side of New York, 1945. Okay. So we have to build a kitchen set, and the, the rest of it is location. Okay. And probably the location will be n- either New York or LA. We have it depends on money. The budget we want, we could do it in anything. But if we have like, if they give us give me like 15.99, you know, to do the film, right. then we have to do it. we have to do it in my house We're with no salary. Your no,
0: yard, yes.
2: <laughs> but no no lighting. We'll do it on a cell phone. <laughs> And it'll look like the rest of the shit that's out there.
1: No, it's going to be nice. It's going to be good. No, it's
2: going to be a high budget, couple of million dollar film. Not high budget, but a couple of million dollars. That's high budget for me, where I come from. <laughs> I mean,
1: most movies I'm in a fifteen thousand, <laughs> yeah.
2: twenty thousand, you know, shot yeah, in. Two sorry, hours. I want to like
1: talk to him because he's got his Marcia shirt on, and we just had on. Oh, we have Jen- a lot of time. For Jennifer, for we time. have we just had Jennifer Elise Cox on. So so. And she was fabulous. Funny. Nice.
2: nice yeah.
1: She did the Marsha, Marsha, Martha thing. She told us that she worked for your uncle in his. It was, I thought it was Baskin Robbins. He said Ben and she said Ben and Jerry. Yeah.
0: Ben and Jerry. Yeah, Sorry. Yeah.
1: And uh, she said, you're fabulous and you're super nice. And Ron said he wants to play an alien and he always so plays bad. a mobster. So she said that we should have Stan write something that that Rob could Ron could a, be like a, an a alien mobster. Alien. I mean, I don't
2: know. <laughs> but, but how, how
0: weird did she work for my uncle? And then she ends up on the movie, I didn't know her. And suddenly, somehow we got to talking about that. I'm like, wait, my uncle owned, you know, I think it was on Third Avenue in uh, Gramercy Park. And um, yeah, I mean, the minute, uh, so we were rewriting the script as they were casting the Brady Bunch movie. So the director, Betty Thomas from Hill Street Blues, you might remember her, she would come in and she said, you have to look at this tape of of this girl for Jan. And we're like, oh, my God, she's brilliant. And then we saw Christine Taylor for Marsha and then Gary Cole. When he she said, just shut your eyes and listen to Gary Cole. And it was literally Robert Reed's voice. I mean, he had it down to a T. So when we especially saw Jennifer and, you know, Christina play Marsha, they were such comic gold. That we kept saying we got to write more for them and build up more of their uh, rivalry, the sister, you know, the sibling rivalry because they were so funny together, and uh, just the way that Jennifer did that, you know, the the Jan hair bobbing back yes.
1: and forth, right, 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 that and she has, still looks, she yeah. still looks like she's, she's like a, could be Jan Brady. I mean, she looks out. about
0: eighteen. Well, or 19. We, we, we? we have been out. We want to pitch um, like a streaming show called The Brady Ladies. Use the exact actresses. They're still stuck in the 70s, but it's today, and they move into West Hollywood. And, you know, one, one is divorced, one is widowed. And of course, Jan never got married because nobody ever wanted her. So, and have deal <laughs> with like West Hollywood today, you know, 2021, and the world, you know, as crazy as it is. Um, you know, and, and see the Brady.
2: Uh, uh, Stan, tell me about my favorite thing wait, that you wait,
1: wait, wait, wait. go back. Wait, 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 wait. Don't go, don't skip. So I have a question about it. So, so the Marsha 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 line, is that from the TV show or did that come about yeah, from the movie? No, that was
0: the TV show. But then when, um, we did a play on that for the sequel, the very Brady sequel. Uh, so, um, it was my idea to cast Paul as the guidance counselor in the original Brady bunch movie. So then when we went to do the sequel and it was taking place during the summer, everyone said, well, if school's out, how are you going to get RuPaul in it? I said, give me a minute. We're going to figure a way to get RuPaul in this movie so that we have a big scene at the pool. And so I thought, well, what if she runs into her guidance counselor at the pool? So that's how we got RuPaul back in. And then RuPaul has three daughters and she looks over and she goes, Moesha, Moesha, Moesha. And it's three (laughs) black girls. That little <laughs> lady girls, she had three daughters. So that was our joke on that. So um, That's hilarious. That really, those those movies were such a sweet spot as far as having a job because sure. it was like I love pop culture. I grew up, you know, kinda like you guys, obsessed with for me it was TV. I mean, I memorized the TV guide. I loved everything. I would love variety shows. I loved I'm mean, just I love television, the comedies. So to have a job like this where you have to make fun of all of that, it was so great. I obviously watched the show as a kid. I thought it was funny as a kid in re-watching them all. They're not that funny. They're sweet and they're kind of corny. Right. Not, they're not when you think of like Golden Girls, which is.
2: No. Nothing will ever be. Yes, the, nothing, nothing will ever be. Never. Nothing will ever be the Golden Girls. Well, nothing. those were
0: hard those were hard jokes that I never thought I could write. And when we got on Golden Girls, it was like, I don't know how to write a joke. And we really had to learn on the job. You know, no, we're Gold, Brady, Gold, Brady Gold Bunch.
2: Girl, yeah. Golden Girls was so way ahead of its time. Brady Bunch was OK, but it was so sweet and sour. You could vomit from it. It was too sweet. Uh, for well, me, anyway. We
0: got to make fun of it. Um, you know. Yeah, but even
2: the, the original, what the original film, it was unrealistic. The I mean, mother TV and the show. father were perfect. The kids were wonderful. I mean, I mean, being a parent, raising two kids singularly, I looked at it and I said, yeah, right, that's bullshit. You know, <laughs> I mean, you know, you got you got to throw your shoe at a kid once in a while and yell, "You little friggin' brat!" You know, stop doing that. But they didn't do that. Let's go where I lo- want to go is my favorite project of yours, as you know, is Silver Foxes. Yes, I, love the con- I love the concept. I wish that you could bring it to light because it's going to have so many subject matters that, so today that we can bring to the public in a fun way. Well,
1: so now you have to tell people what Silver Boxes is. Wait.
0: Yeah, so the latest with it is we're doing two tracks. One, we are still pitching it as a TV show. And there's one company that seems kind of interested, knock on wood, we'll see what happens. But we also, because I think you know me by now, I don't give up. If somebody says no. No, I figure another way. So my writing partner, Jim Berg and I turned it into a play and my good friend, Michael Yuri from Ugly Betty directed a reading of it. And he was the one that suggested, make it a one set play. Make the, their Palm Springs house, the set, like a character in the play. So we create, we turned it into, you know, a four, five character, uh, one set show. Because that's something, as you know, you've been to my plays. I can put up a play. I could come
2: to it in Palm
0: Springs. Listen, listen, listen.
2: It's not about the uh, visual. It's going to be about what you hear, because I know the kind of stuff that you write. Nobody looks at the golden girls at the furniture because the furniture was awful. But, I mean, you know, we listened to the girls. We wanted to hear the subject matter, the sarcasm, the humor, the fun. I'm going to ask you one thing, and I've never asked anyone this in my wow. life.
0: Yeah, before you I, do, I, yeah, I, I want to I, say, I, that, yeah, that I, I also, I know you, Lucille Ball. So I also remember nobody wanted to make I Love Lucy. They didn't think America could handle, you know, a Cuban husband. So what right. she, did, she turned it into a little play and took it around the United States. And it became so popular that the network had to say, well, I guess there's something there. And that, so I kind of took that as a model. Why not do the our play around, get it known, and then it could be a TV show. Yes. Yeah, well, the, great idea. Don't
2: forget, wait Lucille Ball before I Love Lucy was my favorite uh, wife uh, on radio, and she portrayed the same screwy character she portrayed in her I Love Lucy. So when she brought it to TV, she insisted that that uh, Desi be in it. Uh, otherwise, there was no way to do it. And TV felt that she was important enough because of her radio show. So they allowed her to do it. Um, I met Lucy and she was quite a dame.
0: Yeah.
2: I met her. Yeah. She played backgammon at Pips, a club that I belonged to in, in Beverly Hills years ago. Mm-hmm. And she would be in the back room with her backgammon game. She was uh, always playing cards oh, with the cigarette smoke. There'd be clouds of smoke and there'd be Lucy think, with her. Uh, oh, boo. Yeah. She could booze it. She okay. was a boozer. Okay. You know, she, liked, she liked her drink But she was just like I liked her, you know why, she was like me She would tell you, ah, shut the fuck up You know, I mean she was, No, she was one tough hombre, she didn't like Bullshit, you couldn't go over and say Oh, I love you, you know She'd say, yeah, relax, you know, watch the movie Go, go do something, she was not One of these uh, egomaniacs Like, she was a professional Actor and a worker She was a producer, she was that More than she was, I'm a star you know, none of that shit.
0: And a real like, trailblazer, I, when you think of what she did, starting a TV company at that time for a woman and using her power and popularity to also help other people. When you think of, like, um, everybody, the mother-in-law, Steve yeah. Arden and Kay Ballard. Like, that was Desi Lou Productions. So she was very supportive of other actors and, you know, getting their – but to have a production company and make other TV shows – was not really a thing for uh, an well,
2: actor at that time. Kay, Kay, Kay Ballard was one of my very best friends because Kay lived not too far from us here, and Kay and I would have dinner parties together. She always made lasagna, and I would talk to her about the mother-in-laws. And Kay said, "Out of my whole career, she said the mother-in-laws was it for me. She just loved working with Eve, and she loved the show, and she loved the writing, and she loved the way they made her funny and giggle. And she just loved everything about it." Uh, Lots of actors I know, out of their entire career, they only have one special thing they love the most. Now, question to you: Out of your career, what is the thing that you? What's your baby?
0: The Jimmy stars.
2: Go fuck yourself! <laughs> <laughs> you're so full of you're <laughs> so full of crap, Stan. You're so full of crap. You're so full of crap. But you know I, what? I,
0: I could bring it oh, out. Oh, wait
2: you. a minute! Oh, wait a minute! You know how to. You know how to, you're a Schnorra. You know what Schnorra means in Yiddish? Snorer, snorer, Yeah. You're a some snorer. Some you're a, you know how to snore. Sh- yes, an there ass, you go. A snorer, a snorer is an ass kisser.
0: But you know a how to sh- snore. Sh- a something with the shusha a chuk. Um, right. I think different jobs. Like, I think writing-
2: wise is the word.
0: Um, writing-wise, I think it's the Brady Bunch movies. Because it, it did, it was, it expanded my mind we could be Outside the box, like casting RuPaul, we could uh, appeal to kids. It, was, it, was, it hit many things I'd like to do, but also be really funny, but smart funny. Um, right. Obviously, the opportunity I had with Golden Girls was huge. And a lot of this I'm actually going to get into. Uh, I signed a book deal with Indigo River. Um, oh, congratulations. Thank you. So I, I should be writing that now, but I'm talking to you two schmucks. See, that's another yeah,
2: Here's what you gotta do.
0: Pooh poo-poo-poo. Yes, um,
2: Otherwise you get you get get bad. You get the evil eye, you get the Kinahara. Of you gotta um, do that. Poo, poo, so poo, the book poo. is
0: called The Girls from Golden to Gilmore, and it's stories about all the wonderful women I've worked with
1: and Roseanne. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, he wrote Roseanne. I, I know, I know,
2: right I, know right. I know, I know, I
1: know. In the chat it. room they wanted so, to like know about that.
2: Yeah, listen, send me an autograph copy and come on and push it.
0: <laughs> I'll be pushing it. Out I
2: here. wanna read that I want that um, I wanna read. So things I'll like when I was able you. to
0: write like the lesbian kiss episode of Roseanne, obviously, you know, as a gay man and pushing television to have that on TV was a big deal. Um being on staff and all that. Khazerai. Why you make me talk Yiddish suddenly? I, because I know. How,
2: not, because you know what? It's so New York. I know I'm five so Yiddish homesick. words,
0: and I've used them all up now. I've got to go. Goodbye.
2: No, it's so New York, and I'm so, so homesick. I'm um, feel so I haven't really had that
0: experience of, like, loving the writing and then loving the backstage, the, c- combining the two. I've loved the writing staff, but then the show had problems. So there's always, you know, a give and take. So I, I guess I still want to have that full great TV experience, you know. I but you I- well.
2: what, what, I, what I want to reiterate is, why do I love Silver Foxes so much? Why? Because Silver Foxes is going to bring to the world, not just this country, but when it goes and reruns all over the world, Stan Zimmerman and Ryder's idea of what gay people are what prejudice is, what homophobia is, what illness is, what old age is. You're going to bring all of the wonderful things that we as humans live and suffer from. And it's time that we do it through humor. Golden girls did it for straight people. And you, my darling, who I love, you're going to do it for the gay world. That's why I will push that fucking thing. Like nobody's ever pushed. I will Shouted from the rooftops, from the Empire State Building, I will shout. Silver foxes is the answer. Uh, th- there's no better way than to connect with the world than through humor.
0: Through humor, and I see that in you know mm-hmm. your posts, and you talk about being older and your body and what you want to do or not do and mm-hmm. build and not build, but you do it with humor and uh, and not taking yourself too oh. seriously. And I think well, that. Don't forget. Yeah.
2: I did stand up for 46 years in straight I, clubs in drag and drag I wish I would <laughs> drag how do you think I learned how to connect with, with 4.5 million people that watch us now? Because if I didn't have that theater, that nightclub experience, i might have 350 diners at the music club, the su- su- music and a supper club in Florida. 350 straight people come in to see this, this Jane Russell thing, whatever it's going to be. And they're going to judge it. Does he have an Adam's apple? Can you see his beard? Does he show his dick in his gowns? You know what I mean? People do all that crap when you come. And I'm not
0: were you considered a female impersonator before drag was drag?
1: Do you know what I mean? Yes, that's what. they I was female. female. They I mean, call them female illusionists. Yeah,
2: I was a female impersonator before Mary, Mother of God.
0: <laughs> so <laughs> I have to talk to you because actually, before this, I, I'm working with my writing partner Jim Burke on an idea period piece, but about female impersonators back in the day like
2: what was that like i knew i knew i knew the the very best the top of the line when my they were older than i i was about uh 19 when i started doing drag i looked 12 and i did look like jane russell if you see my pictures that's why my name is russell i took it from Jane because I loved her since I saw her with Marilyn and Gentlemen for Blondes when I was fourteen years old. My friend Miss Tommy, she would do Marilyn and I would do Jane. And that's how this whole little thing started. Um Tommy Lee is my he very famous drag queen. Tommy Lee did Marilyn Monroe. In fact, Tommy James. I, no, 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 that's no. a different one. No, 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 no. Tommy Lee was before Jimmy James. Jimmy- yeah, Tommy Lee was back in the in the way back. I remember when Marilyn died in nineteen sixty two, we were at Reese Park Beach in New York, the gay beach, and he ran into the water screaming he's gonna commit suicide because Marilyn died. You know, drama queen. And when he came out, the black rinse in his hair was all over his face. That is but anyway.
0: Did you know did you know Kenny
1: Kerr? Uh, he's not real good with names. No, <laughs>
0: Kenny Kersey, he, he did Boylesque in uh, Las Vegas. It was kind that of came, pretty, like that,
2: the came, that, came, that came way after me. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I go all the way back to my dear friend who's dead, who was P- Charles Pierce. Charlie was probably the most fabulous Betty Davis there ever was. Charles Pierce was a genius. He did Catherine Hepburn better than anybody. Charlie Pierce at the drag balls always had the most elaborate gowns, magnificent wigs. He was not an attractive woman or nor a man, but whatever he did, he was just wonderful. Um, he was 19, Stan. We weren't even born yet. Yeah. Da- Daisy, Daisy, <laughs> D- Daisy, D Daisy D did Gloria Swanson and did Daisy, you know
0: Craig Russell at all.
2: Oh, absolutely! I, I knew, knew Craig, Craig Russell. I knew Russell. Russell. Craig Russell.
0: Craig was the
2: first. Craig was the first. Yes, outrageous. Craig was the first one to die, uh, from uh, AIDS. If it was AIDS, whatever. But yeah, AIDS. And Craig Russell was. She was a demented freak. I mean, I loved her. She was way out. We were walking down Third Avenue. We were passing a vegetable stand, and as she's talking to me, and I'm talking, I'm not. I'm unbothered. You know, she's collecting all the f- stuff she's stealing. <laughs> and as we're walking, she's got a celery stick, a banana, I mean, every fucking thing in her hand. And I looked at her, I said, you stole all of that. She said, well, what are you going to do, report me? I said, no. She said, let's go eat it. I said, get out of here. Anyway, Craig Russell was outrageous. So when he made the movie Outrageous, he was outrageous. Daisy D, as I said, glorious once and was breathtaking. And of course, Miss Tish. Tish was a fabulous drag queen and also Gypsy. I know Gypsy for a hundred years. When I met Gypsy back in 1963, she had on a wig with a French twist. And I'd never seen a wig with a French twist. And there she was from behind. And I walked over, I tapped her on the shoulder. I said, Mary, I love your wig. It's fabulous. You've got a French twist. She said, yeah, it's a French seam. You glue it on the nape and you don't. So that's how I met Gypsy. I was 19. Gypsy was whatever. You know who so Gypsy back, back then,
0: was it separated? And you had like a day persona, and then the night you were female impersonators. Was it kind of like two different worlds?
2: Um, a lot of people lived in drag. I had my, I used during my own, dad, own hair during huh?
0: the day. During the day, they lived in drag as well.
2: Some, uh-huh. so, some did. I can't think of one that did. Oh 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 oh. Oh, oh, she she did she had a ponytail, it was her own hair, and she wore it in a ponytail, slick back, Salome. Her name was oh I forgot, she did Salome, the dance of the seven veils, and she was f- phenomenal. Everybody in my day sang in their own voice. They all danced because they were trained dancers. They wore magnificent costumes. They didn't wear fishnets with rips. They weren't these weird drag queens of today that make fun of women with their outrageousness, their stupidity. I think they're all ugly, stupid jerks without talent and they try to become something to entertain. People go and make fun of them. Nobody made fun of us. No one. But
0: but what were you? How did you survive by day? Did you have like a day job?
2: Yeah, I was I, I worked in starting Place as a hairstylist, a hairdresser. And did What's other
0: people like working in banks or Macy's and things there, like that?
2: Every every, every we well, didn't listen, you didn't make you got fifty bucks they, a they night money, working in drag. If if the mafia that owned the club paid you. Right. Okay. I was lucky because I knew names. So if I worked, I'd say to them, listen. Joe, before I go on tonight, give me my 50 bucks. What do you mean, wise guy? I said, wise guy, nothing. If you don't give me my 50 bucks, I'm going to call my friend. And I gave a name. Well, I got my 50 bucks. And you had to do that because a lot of times the, the, the owners of all these supper clubs, will get gangland, you know, mafia. and They wouldn't pay you. They were mean. But a lot of them, you know, you had to go in the back room with them and service them which is something I never did. Oh, these are straight guys with wives and 10 kids. But suddenly the drag queen is so gorgeous because the drag queens in my day were sexy and beautiful. They were beautiful women. Um, You couldn't tell how they were men. No, you you couldn't tell.
0: Hmm? Was the audience mostly straight couples or were they a mixture of straight couples and also gay guys and...
2: Oh, everything. But the gay guys didn't act gay because they'd get beat up. So the gay guys sat there like men. Everybody acted straight. No, this is back in 1959, 60, 61, and 62. Gay was very, very uh, hidden. You had to go to the village. You had to go to all or supper clubs. I worked at Cherry, what is it, New Jersey, the Cherry something, whatever. And I had to have escorts when I left uh, to take me to my car. Because they were afraid that I would be beaten up. Uh, because and people would come in and see me. They loved my work as I sang, I t- did jokes. But when I left the club, there were crazies that would beat you up. So I always had security take me out. One were time, we ever, a guy grabbed we me by.
1: Huh? Were you ever arrested? Was raid. I ever, read?
2: no, oh, right. I, I, I had to go down to the police station and get what was called a cabaret card. In those days, you had to have a card to perform in drag. The card said that I was a male impersonating a female and the card had a photograph of me as a male. Uh, all I had to do was present that. And I was okay. As long as I was performing. But if I went in drag to a cocktail party and they raided the place, I would be arrested. Now, I was arrested once. We, Green's Dance Studio in Brooklyn was a friend of mine. By day, it was a dance studio. By night, he made it a drag club or a gay bar. And he said, would you come and drag and do Jane Russell? So I said, yeah. I had just gotten a brand new costume that was so skin tight I could barely walk in it. And it had a slit. Now, I went there ready to, get, to go on and to perform. And the police raided the joint. Well, you had to see this. This was a movie stand you would have peed yourself from. The Queens jumped out of the window, swinging from the fire escapes, jumping down into the garbage pails and high heels to get away from the cops. I was like screaming hysterically funny. I couldn't wait. Anyway, I showed my cabaret card and they said, well, are you performing here? I said, well, this is not a nightclub and this is not where you perform. You're arrested. So I said, fuck you. I had my own hair at the time, which I wore longer. So it was the thing. And we had to go before the judge the next morning. Well, when I started going before the judge in drag, full-faced as Jane Russell, the judge was smiling. And he said to me, young man, take that wig off. And I did Jane. I said, but your honor, it's not a wig. It's my own hair. And I did Marilyn and the judge just didn't know what to say. So then I turned around and as I walked back to my bench, I did a boom, 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 (laughs) boom. A, a strippy, sexy walk. And then I turned around my head to the judge and I said, ah, thank you so ever so, Your Honor. And I sat down. Well, the room went crazy, starting to laugh.
0: Why are you Doctor? not writing this as a movie?
2: What? Why are you this not is writing, writing this as a movie? Oh, why because people won't believe this shit. Everybody That's why wants to do it. That would be <laughs> no, no, no. everybody wants me to write a book. I said if I wrote a book about all the celebrities I've known, been friends with the shit that I did, they'd say this guy's full of crap. He's a liar. None of this happened because my life has been a roller coaster of insanity. I am not afraid of anyone or any place. I go everywhere. You know that. And I hang out with all kinds of people, black, I'd white, have green, each
0: I, I have another question about that card. So when you went downtown to get the card. You had to go yeah. and say I dress as a woman to perform, right? No,
2: it was it was a cabaret card. Right. You had to go you had to go as a male. But and you went down went. to City Hall or something like that? No, 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 no. You I forgot I don't even remember where I went. Maybe the police stay. I don't you, I don't really remember this is going back, you know, when I was nineteen. I know,
0: but that I'm took eight, a lot I'm of time to walk in there and say, I I entertain as no. a woman. No. no.
2: Everybody everybody that worked in the clubs had a cabaret card. The clubs wouldn't hire you if you didn't have a cabaret card. Because if you didn't... A cabaret card, I think everybody got, even piano players. I think back no, then you everybody... Weren't,
0: had, you weren't scared to go to the police station and say that you did that at that time?
2: No. Why would I be afraid? This is what I did. You know, <laughs> so I was so afraid of my father.
0: There must have been other entertainers that weren't as out or as... Um, no, had you know, had moxie like
2: you do. No, not true. Not true. Because back then we were not faggots or or queers or fudge packers. We were entertainers. We were professional people who impersonated movie stars. We didn't go and drag just to be a pretty girl and act stupid. We studied our craft. I learned how to be Jane Russell, to walk like her, speak like her, have her mannerisms be as tough as she was, as sarcastic. Uh, and and, and Miss Monroe, you know, Marilyn, he was he he could do Marilyn's mouth better than Marilyn when he would quiver. I mean, he was fabulous. Uh, when you went to see a drag show back then, you were fascinated because the girls were be- 82 Club. Some of the most beautiful boys, five foot two thin boys, gorgeous looking, look like women. Men were getting hot ons. I mean, they thought these women are stunning because they had little G strings and pasties. And then this is what I didn't like. 80 Club did this, 82 Club. At the end of a performance, all the showgirls had to take their bras off to show they were men. They didn't have chests. And I thought that was nauseating looking to see a woman. She looked like a mastectomy, you know? And I didn't think that was very pretty. Uh, They could have done it a different way.
0: Aha moment, and people go, they were shocked. That's what they did.
2: When I did, I I was the first drag queen to work the Copacabana in New York. Have a drag show at the Copa, and I insisted that my glasses be oversized, the furniture around me be big, the sets to be big to make me look smaller because I'm six foot in drag, I'm six, two, or three. And backstage, when people did come back to say whatever they say, they said, Can we see because I wasn't in drag anymore? They said, Can we see Ron Russell? I said, I'm Ron Russell, and they'd say, No, you're not. I said, Yes, I am. Well. She's short and she has boobs. I had, a, I had mechanisms that push up my pecs to look like real knockers. We didn't have bags in the water bags in those days. So they tapped my chest. they say, but you don't have breasts. I said, well, neither does she. That's me. And then they'd finally get it after a while. And then I knew I was good. I was good at what I did because if they didn't know that this big guy, tough, could turn into that beautiful woman, I'm doing what I'm doing well. And every time I was interviewed, I was on page six, what is it, seven, Page six. Page six in New York. And they wrote about Ron Russell is a man of a man of man's and a woman of woman. <laughs> so drag, drag back then was, fat. if you want to meet for dinner, we'll meet. We'll tell you everything if you're going to write a book about it. Uh, oh, then there was also my dearest. You have like friend, two minutes. My dearest friend in the world. She was a lesbian drag, but she was so beautiful. She looked like Lena Horne. I'm, what, what was her name? Oh, God. She stressed me. Anyway, she was wonderful. I, I worked with you. the very best. I did. You did.
0: I You're did. always doing that, aren't you, Jimmy?
1: Yes, always. So you guys, listen up. First of all, Stan has done all kinds of cool things. You guys, he's had TV series, Sex and Exec, Skirt Chasers. Uh, he's produced movies. Uh, he wrote on Gilmore Girls, all kinds of stuff. Golden Girls. He's a fucking superstar. So you guys got to follow him. His social media is at Zimmerman Stan. Z i m m e r m a n Stan. As more comes on with the. Uh, Silver Foxes, will let you guys know. Everybody in the chat room like loves this conversation because it's stuff that Ron hasn't really talked about in a no, long time.
2: No, uh, my very dear friend, uh, Churchill, Thomas Churchill, see, saw pictures of me in drag recently. And he said to me, Ron, I have got to write something about you being a detective going undercover in drag. Could be fine. I said, you know what? Never happened because if you put me in street clothes, I look like a man in street clothes, women's sleep clothes. You got to put me in a gown with a push up and, you know, hairdo and all that. It's not going to work.
1: So Stan, when you have something that you're ready to promote too, let me know because everybody in the chat room is like, you got to bring them back. You got to bring them back. So we will we definitely bring you back. We love you. We
0: think you're great. And uh, I'd love to come back. I got a lot of cool stuff happening and I adore you too. And anybody in the chat room, if anything else, just Track me down. I'm, I'm very approachable. Don't take that the wrong way, Ron. I know you're going to say something.
2: Well, <laughs> let, let me say something to you. Paid to advertise. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Stan, thank you so much. Chat room, thank you so much. We'll see you nice. guys soon. Happy Stan, New Year, me. everybody. And, and happy Bye. Hanukkah, Michael. Bye. <laughs> Bye, everybody. You guys, thanks so much for tuning in, everybody. Rebel, thank you. Stan Zimmerman was great. Thanks to Jennifer Elise Cox. We had a great show, you guys. Um, Chat room, thank you, Rebel. Thank you. And we'll see you guys next week. Bye, everybody. Bye, everybody. Yeah, we in the mix.
2: Yeah, we in the mix. It's another episode. Here we go. The Jimmy Star Show with Ron Russell. Interviewing the hottest, newest, and will up to the celebrities. Make sure to subscribe so you can get
1: notified weekly. Jimmy Star, he's the king of cool. Ron Russell, he's a gorgeous dude. Chat room is live, and you would be a fool not to vibe with us at the Jimmy Star Show with Ron Russell. Come watch it
2: live on W4CY Radio. Miss some past episodes? Download on iTunes. The Jimmy Star Show with Ron Russell. It's the Jimmy Star Show with Ron Russell. Oh.